0: A quick word of caution that this episode does have discussion about suicide. Please listen with discretion. Have you ever thought about what it's like to run a podcast? To think of a kind of unique idea, unique-ish idea. Take it, flesh it out, figure out how to produce it, all the back-end stuff deal with multiple schedules when you're booking guests and sometimes a lot of hoops to jump through if they have assistants gatekeepers pr folks all of that and then you hit publish you put it out into the world and hope people care enough to listen every time you publish and i can tell you one thing after three plus years of culture changers It can be kind of lonely when you're doing all of this and producing this content week after week after week, year after year after year. It can be kind of lonely. Some weeks you'll get really great and meaningful feedbacks and some weeks it's crickets. So I'm going to be doing two things about this loneliness part. The first, which I am so stoked about is I'm introducing a new format to throw in the mix of culture changers. I'm still going to have interviews. I'm still going to do solo cast, but another ingredient to the recipe, and I'm not doing it alone. I'm going to have a more regular partner, a chat cast style conversation. Ah, I'm excited. I'm calling the working title is Culture Clash. So, I immediately asked my girl and frequent guest, Cindy Robinson, who has an exceptionally unique approach to, well, just about everything. And I asked her to be a frequent co host. And her approach to life and to how her existing has really made me rethink it all. So I was super stoked when she said yes to breaking down some juicy topics that we are all grappling with in our culture. And the first episode, the first chatcast episode that I'm going to introduce you to is today. And it is on, I love this topic so much false prophets and teal swan. If you don't know who teal swan is, just Google her right now and look her up on YouTube. You're going to learn really fast and we're going to break it down. Is she a false prophet? Is she causing harm? Is she legitimate? Does she have answers? And so the truth is, it's in our nature to look to someone else on this earth, who's got more answers than we do to help us along. And so, in some cases, some of those people that we look up to have a lot more confidence than they do wisdom. And sometimes it's easy to be tricked by that. So, we're going to go deep into it today. And you may be wondering, why a chat cast? For me, my hope is that these conversations are going to allow us to have the time to unpack some kind of tangly salacious sometimes, interesting topics. And they might not be as shiny as some of the other episodes because we're kind of unpacking it in real time and breaking it down. And so, we're going to be kind of dissecting topics where I come at it from a pop culture perspective. And Cindy, who says she doesn't really know pop culture very well, she's going to break it down Through a mindfulness lens and what it means to society. Isn't that so cool? So, we're going to be covering such amazing topics, and I would love your feedback on some ideas as well. But some of them are like porn and profit, MLMs, multi level marketing companies. You can insert whatever company you want, neurodiversity, which not only has become a buzzword, but has really kind of Come into the lexicon of our world. And I'm so excited to dive into that, or even crypto or LGBTQ plus rights and so much more. What do you think? Do you have any topics you'd love for us to cover? You can DM me, you can DM Cindy, go on Instagram or go to AllisonHair.com and shoot me an email or even just the show notes, and everything is there. The other thing, remember there was a part two of the loneliness side. The other thing I am now offering is a Patreon for this show. Now, if you don't know what Patreon is, it is a way to support creators. And you can become a beloved patron of this show. And while the content has always been free to listen to, it has not been free to make. And I'm looking to enhance the listener experience. So, any contribution you can make will really make a difference, a huge difference for me. In exchange, would you like to hear these episodes ad free or get bonus content and more exclusive access to me and my work and the community I'm building? And I'll tell you, if you are looking to connect with people that are trying to make a difference in this world, you're going to want to be part of this community. Or maybe even some branded merchandise that you can carry around with you, which helps me from a marketing perspective, but also gives you a good feeling about this and is a big giant thank you for me. You can go to patreon.com forward slash culture changers and support the show for as little as a few dollars a month. I will always offer the content for free and would love to enhance the experience with every contribution you make. It is so appreciated. Your listenership, your engagement has always been so appreciated. And also, let me know what would be valuable to you. So, here is the inaugural chat cast Culture Clash with Cindy Robinson, labeled False Prophets and Teal Swan. Make extra special sure you reach out to me and let me know what you think. And text your friends. All right, this is super exciting because I am here once again with my girl, Cindy Robinson. Hey, Cindy. Hello. <laughs> but we are here for a different reason. So normally when we come together, we have a, a common topic. And, you know, I, uh, I look to Cindy for all things, really. <laughs> I'm like, can you help shift our perspective on uh, something that's really bothering us? And you always have such a great perspective. And we love doing these things so much that we thought, why don't we do kind of a chat cast? I know, I'm very excited about this. (laughs) So we brainstormed a lot of really fun topics. So Cindy is coming on, you know, really more from the mindfulness perspective of, you know, and and I'm coming in from the pop culture of, this is fucked up, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, we're just going to kind of do a, a more of a free form conversation. And one thing that kept coming up over and over was false prophets. Yes. For sure. I think I, you were the first person that I text like, have you
1: seen this Teal Swan documentary? So talk about <laughs> it. What is this? Um, well, it's a documentary on what is it, on Hulu. Yes. I know it's accessible by Hulu, but I think it airs on some other channel as well. Okay, well freeform? Freeform. Yeah. And it's about, I guess, a spiritual healing guru named Teal Swan who I'd never heard of. Maybe yeah. you had heard of her, but I had never heard of her. And she, um, it follows her practice. It goes really in depth to her inner circle, and it feels very icky. And by the end, <laughs> and I was a lot of yelling at the screen the entire time.
0: Oh my god! So I learned about Teal Swan. I did not know about her, but she's a huge, huge influencer of um, uh, the the wellness industry, the healing industry. And she has millions of followers, uh, whether it is on YouTube, Instagram, maybe TikTok as well. But I think she is well known and has gotten popular on YouTube. And I read this book by Amanda Montel. It's called Cultish. And so it's talking about all of these cults or everyday cults that, you know, you, you wonder, wait, am I in a cult? And they even have a, web, a podcast called um, Sounds Like a Cult about it. It's really great. But uh, she, so I'm reading this book called Cultish, and she's talking about teal swan. And what's interesting about teal swan is that, and why she's so controversial, is she has zero training, zero professional training, but has these life experiences and is kind of self-proclaimed like a prophet. And what she does is she um, invites very, very fragile, fragile people into um, her midst to have her heal them or help them heal. Um, but in a lot of cases, it kind of moves over to the suicide part. So what did, what did you notice about this? What stood out to you? Um, I think what stood out to me was that she
1: represented a lot of things that you do. I mean, since I'm in that sort of healing... Um, you know, more alternative world.
0: And can you tell
1: us what does that look like for you? Oh, well, like I do intuitive healing coaching for parents and teens. And what does it look like is it is very made up. I do relate in that <laughs> sense that um, sometimes you see a certain, you know, healing path or healing modality and you create something of your own. And I understand that I get that 100%. But it's very important that you have self awareness and you know your lane and you know when to refer to therapists and things like that. Um, but yeah, what I what I notice with her is something that I see oftentimes, which is an inflated ego um, that has be- sort of become the center of the practice, and the idea that she can heal all things and do all things at all times, um, and it's sort of just these like narcissistic themes that kept coming up, and and making sure that everything was centered around her, and anything that wasn't, she sort of um, turned it into a villain, you know, or, or demonized it. So
0: like gaslighting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) which is something that is so funny because I do see this a lot, like in the healing community where we contradict ourselves, where we use words like gaslighting, but we almost do it as the professionals by saying we have the answers, we know everything. So it was maddening to me because I was watching what I do see happen in this community, not all the time by, by any means, but it happens. And I was like, here it is. This is an example of what we're not supposed to do.
0: And I hope it humble checks all the people who are in our community. But here's how, here's where I think it's interesting. So her critique is that she's narcissistic. She gaslights. She, you know, is, is very egocentric, a megalomaniac. And, uh, and I agree with all of those things. And she has people in many, many cases that have, attempted suicide or have suicidal ideation coming to her. So people in very fragile states. And she, uh, in many cases, will invite them, you know, and and ask them questions that are leading in a way that says, why haven't you done it yet? If this is so bad, why haven't you done it? Almost like suicide is not a bad choice, you know? Like if, it, if it's so bad, just do it. And that is the part where I think is so dangerous, where there are some people that have completed, you know, and and have have died by suicide, you know, under her. Um, But what I think is interesting is that she's probably helped a lot of people as well. You know, I mean, you don't get to that kind of level. I don't know. I think people are just looking for people are looking for the Messiah, People are looking for their Messiah here. So, if the promise of the Bible is, if you're a Christian, is that Jesus is coming back century after century after century after century, where is he? And so, people are wanting somebody to save them, somebody that has the answers. You know, to me, I feel like you have a lot of answers. I'm not saying that you're God or the Messiah, Jesus, no. but I'm saying. <laughs> But I'm saying, you know, like I look to you. There are people that I really, really look forward, look up to and respect. And there are people that I have spent money with, people and especially the online coaches. Um, You know, like the formula itself is really annoying. And so there are people like, you know, like that I've spent money, I've followed, I've kind of, you know, kind of fallen under the spell of, maybe they have the answers, you know? And then you realize it's the same thing, you know? Well, if you want answers, you need to spend however many thousand dollars to work with me and be part of this group, but not work directly with me, be part of this group. I'm gonna give you access to my coaching program and it's a business model, you know? And so I, I just wonder about monetizing the leverage that you might have as somebody who is a leader or says you're a leader. Yeah. And I was curious what you thought about
1: all of that, because I know that you've invested a whole lot in these types of, um, you know, people and modalities. And externally, I think as someone who follows her and maybe has gone to her seminars, I don't think they're seeing a whole lot of big problems. And I don't even know she's causing a ton of problems for, for that more widespread population. You know, like it's it's a lot of like catchy phrases and and, and spiritual insight and, and things like that. So she's probably doing the most harm I think to the people closest to her. I was curious what yes. what you thought about um you know that that's why I've shared it with you immediately because I thought you've been more dabbling in all the people in that realm than anyone. I thought, hey, you may have even heard of her <laughs> and hopefully maybe not sent her money, but I hope right. not. But um yeah, I was why I was wondering because um one of the, I think the very first thing where I was like, oh, this isn't going to go well because I didn't watch this knowing that she was maybe somebody who needs to do their own inner work. I was really curious like, oh, is this, you know, maybe this is someone like me and they have a platform
0: and I and I could I, I was curious. But um did you do some self-evaluation like Maybe some of the shit I do is bullshit. Actually, no,
1: it was actually really empowering because I already know that a lot that I do is bullshit. Like, (laughs) What part is bullshit? (laughs) Well, just I know that I'm reframing some things for people. Like I know that I might be a particular because I'm relatable. Like people may hear someone who they relate to someone else and then listen to what they have to say. And I know that there's a whole lot of people who more relate to my style, which is more low key. I'm not trying to do big, you know, big overhauls in my life. I don't want to be sobbing on the floor. I want as little crying as possible Mm. in my healing process. So I think people see that, oh, she feels more like how how I would feel safe to heal. And I am taking that and rebranding that and then going, Yeah, okay, I mean you too. So in some sense I know that. Like I am feeding them the same stuff that you could get anywhere else, but you gotta
0: be aware of it. You can't that. get it anywhere else. I've never your brand is completely <laughs> unique.
1: Well, that's where you get in danger, right? Is uh-huh. if I'm special right. in some way. I'm not. Maybe I'm good at rephrasing things. I'm a good translator, you know, that, that kind of thing. That's but, a good that's
0: a good way to put it.
1: Yeah, but there's not there's It's I'm not some Messiah. And I remember when she uh, the guy questioned her. This is when I was like, all right, this is exactly who, you know, I think this is gonna be the guy questioned her authority. He said, Who do you look up to? Who are your mentors? And she got so pissed off and was like, no one. And I'm, I'm that's red flag number one. So to me, if you're investing financially and emotionally into someone who's part of your healing process, and they can't name mentors, where they get their information, who they look up to,
0: that's a big old problem. Do you feel like there are some people that are, you know, I, I, I'm a person who generally is not very sensitive to extrasensory kind of things. I do believe some people are gifted in that area, you know, whether it is intuitive nudges, you know, maybe some people are better practiced at understanding that, or even just, you know, kind of following the intuition or getting, some people may call it divine intervention, divine guidance, you know, downloads, divine downloads, you know, do you feel like there is merit there where somebody liked Teal and i don't want to generalize i know that in many many cases there are people that have had massive trauma in their life and a lot of their life is guided in a way of protection or even creating not creating but like i don't know i've i've noticed and and again this, there's no day this is all anecdotally <laughs> You know, there's no data that I know to support this. But a lot of these people have suffered from pretty major trauma, herself included, where she, you know, had been sexually assaulted multiple times and raped, you know, raped and, and abused physically. She also had her own, uh, you know, su- suicidal attempts when she was younger. And I wonder, you know, is is there some truth to it? Is there some tri- like is are some people gifted in that way? I mean, the same way that people are gifted in in every
1: skill set. I don't think some skill sets are more valuable than others. I think when you start to think one's more valuable than the other, there's a little bit of a problem, right? Because then like we, what then we create a hierarchy. Like if it if you had a better skill set for connecting, you know, a more spiritual realm to the more physical realm and helping translate that for people, which is what a lot of spiritual healers that's what their skill set is right is that they're able to kind of exist between realms not in some mystical magical way but honestly like between their intuition and whatever you want to call that whether that be god whether that be the heavens whatever you want to call it but they're skilled at being connected to both worlds both realms and translating that and helping other people find that connection for themselves that's a wonderful skill set i think it's it's highly valued in the people who need it um But it's also a wonderful skill set to be very grounded be very literal and logical you know it's it's a skill set to be um very stern in your beliefs you know it's it's a skill set to do lots of things so i I really don't like to place value because again we're just creating another hierarchy and to me the whole point is getting people to understand the connectedness within themselves their connectedness to others when you really do understand that, which is what makes me question old teal, you you understand there there's no hierarchy. Like there's no better than better way to live, better type of person to be. It's all just we all have a purpose, and 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 all of us fit in a certain space, and nobody is more special than the other. And it's just like a, it's a cyclical, and it's all dependent on one another to to. Well, survive. this
0: this is why it's really challenging because in our society, money is king bar none you know if you look at wealth just wealth on instagram you know like they'll quote elon musk they'll quote really questionable people about the practices like people that are just you know kind of falling from grace in a lot of ways or just kind of gone on the crazy train but people worship them because they've done something so special so they call them celebrity stands. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I kind of know what you mean. Like,
1: so from Stan from like that
0: song, yeah, yes. the Dido's, <laughs> the Dido Eminem song, Stan of like, uh, you know, defending some celebrity you'll never ever meet, you know, uh, to the death. Like, you'll beat people up if they're, you know, fucking with Taylor Swift, you know, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. if they're talking shit about uh, her. And people do that to Elon Musk. They do that. Donald Trump is his own com- cult. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Elon Musk and even, you know, Bill Gates. And there there are several people that are or um, not Bill Gates, uh, uh, Jeff Bezos, Mm -hmm. Jeff Bezos. So there are celebrity stands, people that just worship it. So if there is no hierarchy, and I know I've been in positions before where, you know, I remember, uh, I was with such a shit bag of a guy. I mean he was just <laughs> the worst he was just the worst, but he did do this one favor for me and at the time I had left my job and was i guess unemployed at the time I was forty five thousand dollars in debt um and I had gotten myself into it into that it was I was in my early thirties or late twenties around then uh probably early thirties and I had sold my house um sold my car, I was living in the basement of some townhouse um, of a girl that hated me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it was just an awful time. It sounds miserable. <laughs> I know it was it was an awful time. And at the time, the secret had come out. Mm. So it felt like and, and I remember I was just like broken crying on the floor of my, you know, my basement apart, you know, my basement room. And my friend said, Come over, you need to see this and made me watch the secret. And so I was thinking about, like, who can help me? Who can help me? Because I've made so many bad decisions. I can't trust myself. And so I was looking, you know, at, in the church. I was going to Buckhead Church. I was going to, you know, whatever mentor, anybody who had some kind of success or stability or, you know, something that I wanted. And I remember this shitbag of a guy <laughs> sat me down and he's like, Allison, stop he's like stop looking at every guru or every person you already have it you have to stop and I always think of that but I also know that I just didn't trust my own instincts or my own decisions I don't know where you know like people are just looking for answers yeah outside of themselves yeah (laughs) I I remember that and you, you said that
1: earlier when you were talking about how you everybody that you find they're like okay invest in this program yeah, and yeah. it'll get you there and it's just like kind of uh, it is a business and I remember us working together and I remember you talking about that and that's what I was saying to you is it's you stop investing money in these things I'm not gonna let you pay me anymore because it needs to stop um,
0: and so that doesn't mean I want to say that doesn't mean you your program of what you offered had ended.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> not but, that I
0: was getting it for free from you. <laughs>
1: no, 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 no. But but that I was like, don't even pay me. Like, not me. I don't have the right, answers. Right, right. No other program has the answers. This is a looking within situation. Like you've gotten what you need, and and you were just kind of stuck in in a very important phase which is gathering information, gathering insight, gathering perspective. That's very important in becoming who we are and making decisions and all of that. But we can get stuck in that phase and you just keep doing that. And if you never actually look within or the answers aren't coming from your own intuition and in your own gut, then, you know, you just kind of keep defaulting to someone else's, then you're living someone else's life. And that was one thing about this documentary that I was like, I hope people are watching this because... A big, big red flag for working with someone like this is anytime they ask you to step out of your intuition, like any anytime they say you're resistant to something and, and I, this, I get int- people don't like me saying this because um, I said it and you questioned me and uh, lots of other people questioned me. I, I don't think
0: we're supposed to ask people to step out of their own intuition. I
1: think if someone... So what does
0: that mean? What does that look like? Stepping out of your own intuition? Give me an example.
1: So let's say um, I suggest to someone that they try some strategy or um, oftentimes where this really shows up a lot is um, like a spiritual healer will suggest using something like psychedelics or something that that usually puts people out of their comfort zone. But it could be anything, any homework, any suggestion, anything that I'm I'm asking someone to do uh, guided meditation for example if i ask a client would you like to try guided meditation because i see that they're stuck you know they're stuck in their logical brain and they really need to kind of cut past and get to the intuition now that would make my job a lot easier if everyone said yes mm-hmm. every time i asked but when people say no I always respect that. And I do not call into question that. And a lot of if somebody is saying, no, I think you should still do this. Or let's say you're doing a guided meditation or you're doing hypnosis or something like that. And you want to not go down that road or you don't want to talk about that. And they say, oh, that's your ego. That's your shadow work. When you start hearing that stuff, I do not like that. Let's
0: get into it. Tell me about shadow work because i i have issues with this i have questions i know
1: i'm not saying shadow work is the devil and no one should do it can you define shadow work it's traditionally thought of uh, hidden parts of yourself that you're ashamed of hidden traumas um, dark your darkness that kind of thing that is supposedly exists in everyone And needs to be brought out to in order to truly heal. And so, whenever somebody reaches not whenever, but often when somebody reaches a certain discomfort level in their healing process and they don't want to move forward with talking about traumas or they don't want to, they don't, they feel uncomfortable, quite honestly. Oftentimes, a practitioner will tell them, Oh, that's your shadow work, that's your ego, and you need to push past that. And on the Mm. other side of that is this beautiful nirvana that you're looking for. And I don't like that. I think it's not true. I think for some people, it works. I know it gets people to a place of healing. But I support people all the time. We do not do shadow work. And they reach a place of healing that feels very comfortable for them. And I think it's bull. I just think that not for everyone, like everyone, if you need to, you can bypass shadow work. Not everybody has darkness in them and not everybody has to talk about and
0: minutiae down every little trauma they've ever experienced. Mm. I still wonder about that. Have you done shadow work? I guess I mean in some you know I, I I don't know the way I'm the way I'm organizing this information is you know kind of is it the same as if you go to let's say some kind of traditional therapist and or a coach or somebody who says well, where does that come in your childhood? Where did you see that first? That's what I'm thinking of. Shadow work is kind of, you know, maybe uh, I don't know if it's re-experiencing or re-injuring yourself, you know, or re, yeah, re-experiencing uh, some traumatic experiences in your past. You know, I think I'm confused over what shadow works is, and a lot of people do not go to therapy because they don't want to revisit it, yeah, you know, or they don't want to get in the shit, because it's painful to do it. And so you have a different approach on this too.
1: Yeah, I just don't think it necessarily has to hurt like that. Is it difficult and hard to heal and break generational cycles? Yeah, but I just, I don't think that kind of pain is necessary. I don't require that people tell me their traumas. I don't require that they share everything that ever happened to them. And it's really re-traumatizing oftentimes. And people who really do a lot of this work, I mean, and not just these you know, me sort of made up title, but actual, you know, people with the right letters after their name, as we've talked about before, they understand that that can be really re-traumatizing.
0: But that's the question. When is it re-traumatizing? And when is it cathartic? Because I know in my own case, being able to just say it out loud and have somebody hear me, you know, whether it, it has any connection to the the present or not, it feels really good to feel like there is an, a non-biased witness to my story, whatever that means. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I wonder if that, you know, like if you're thinking about false prophets or people <laughs> that are, you know, finding the right person for you, whether it is an online coach, you know, like there's just so many, there's so many options and ways and benefits to... I, you know, when is it re-traumatizing? When is it cathartic?
1: In my opinion,
0: the difference
1: is when it's at the consent of the client. Mm-hmm. When it is the client want, leads you forward to that place. And so if they're not really leading and you're kind of dragging them along, I, I don't think that's a great idea. Mm. And I just, when the term shadow work is used, I typically see that as a way of getting someone to keep moving forward with something that they're not comfortable with. Because whenever, just whenever something's coming up, and that person is very uncomfortable, is almost always the feeling that they feel is I'm feeling uncomfortable. And then that person says, Oh, this is your shadow work. That's how that feels. You should keep going forward. I'm just not a big fan of that. Does it lead people Do other people go through that and then come out on the other end? And they swear by it? Yeah, absolutely. Or it wouldn't, it wouldn't still be a thing. It wouldn't be a big buzzword right now. But I know lots of people who can't go past that point because it's too Mm. re-traumatizing for them. And also um, if you have like OCD or intrusive thoughts or, you know, severe like self-worth issues, looking for darkness within yourself when you hate everything about yourself, Mm. you know what I'm saying? And that's, that's my big beef is I'm here for those people. That's my clients. And to suggest that they have darkness within them when that's something that they have intrusive thoughts every day of their lives about, are they a good person or not? I don't like that. I'm like, back off. There's no <laughs> darkness in them. they nothing. You've that- already <laughs> suffered enough. Yeah, you're a big ball of light. Shut up. There's no darkness there.
0: I think what's interesting about the Teal Swan thing is that there are some practices. Teal is, you know, like she has these experiences that they documented in this documentary um, where they have people re like literally role play their trauma with other people and other people will will uh, assume the parts of the uh, abusers or people that are are near there and kind of go through it, but go through it with somebody that can hug you, you know, and, and kind of take you through it. It seems like, and, and I think that that is the controversial part of what Teal does, you know, And I noticed that in all of those, she doesn't do it. She has other, her minions kind of uh, role play and do all the other stuff. She just sits and watches and maybe coaches from the sidelines, which, you know, again, is like, it's also part of the cult leader. You know, tactics, do you have a a charismatic leader? Mm -hmm. Are you afraid to leave, you know, the group? Are you made fun of or, you know, or admonished if you consider leaving that us versus them mentality. But another one that I think is interesting is that a lot of cult leaders are considered lazy. Hmm. And I don't know that uh, we should use that term because we did a whole episode (laughs) on the laziness lie. But they said a lot of times cult leaders like Keith Raniere of Nexium was like this. He would have his people do all the hard work where he would kind of hang back and just be the you know, the oracle. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> and mastermind. Yeah. And so I, I do want to say about the teal swan thing. So the, the documentary is called The Deep End in on Hulu. And it's very, very interesting. And so I don't know if you watch this, but I was like so hooked into this, is that I would watch the episodes. There are only four. I wish there was more. I know. Um, and I kept, what I thought was interesting is that she was brought in under the understanding from the documentarians that she was going to show the truth because people have called her a cult leader. They've called her narcissist, They've called, you know, into question her practices. And I think that she has suffered some impact financially. I imagine it's probably the opposite now of just people finding her work. And, you know, certainly people are going to crap on it. And some people are going to be like, no, she's for real. And I wonder Uh, she had done, because again, she's got a big YouTube channel, an episode after everyone kind of calling out the bullshit and saying that, you know, I feel duped because I was told this is going to put me in a positive light. And they cut it in a way where they would take conversations from different angles and things from different conversations and tie them together or this didn't happen here's what happened so it was really did you watch any of these
1: no yeah you had sent me one and i watched a piece of it but then i was gone so what did it change your
0: your thoughts on her or how how did you receive those videos i loved getting it a different a different approach from it because if you watch it she's a piece of garbage if you watch the documentary then when you you kind of watch her videos kind of talking about the bullshit i think I think she has helped more people than she's hurt. And for that, you know, again people in a very fragile state, it's a very um it's a very dangerous and controversial place, but I think there's a place for her. I think what you said right in the beginning is that the people closest to her, that is garbage. The way that she yeah. would talk to people whether it was cut differently or not, the way she would treat people was really, really harsh. And even just, you said it right in the beginning of, I don't have any mentors. I don't have, it is all me. This is the gift I was given from God or from whatever source. You know, this was the gift that I was given to help people and just I'm just misunderstood, you know, which again is, uh, I wonder about the thought of, I don't like everybody. So why do I think everybody has to like me? And I wonder if that's the same thing for Teal Swan.
1: Yeah, I, I um, need to go back and watch those videos, I think, now that you're saying that. But I, I do, yeah, I could see how on the people on her fringes, no real harm is probably being done, and maybe she's saying a lot of things that resonate with them. But yeah, the closer you get to her, because there was a lot of suspicion... Um And, and I'm even even oh trying God, to the manipulation, yeah. the controlling, even looking past editing, there's certain things that unless they're editing each word of her sentence together that I'm like big red flags. <laughs> Um And definitely that was her not having mentors, her um, calling people to push, you know, past things. And then I do think that she was possibly implanting traumatic memories into people, you know, because yes. they did this. Frog poison, which is gives sort of like psychedelic experiences, except you almost always a bad trip. Um, I know what she's talking about, this this frog poison. And you're you're it's almost always guaranteed to be a bad trip. Mm. <laughs> and so she's giving this to this this is and again, this is the closer people in her circle. So maybe I wouldn't go to her retreats and let her give me anything or like do any like of these really intense experiences because I do think she runs Um, a huge risk of planning traumas that did not occur in people's minds because that if you're giving people psychedelics like that and then having these people who do not know this person that you're just going to assume they can pull like people cannot know more about you than you know about yourself so when you have this team of people who are just flying off the cuff with their intuition about what their dad did or what their mom did (laughs) And it's like, I think he molested you. And then you just go with that as if it's truth because this other person... Because you blocked it. Yeah, yeah. You blocked it. And we're going to trust this other person's random thought, you know, over my own intuition about what happened in my childhood. Plus, all that's not even necessary. You can have repressed memories and still thrive in life. So that whole scene was like, okay, she's not great to be on her inner circle. And, And just in general, it is good to make us think about the fact that anybody who gets... That many followers, that many listeners. I don't know. I'm just not. I think you you have to be somewhat compromising because you to grab that large of an audience, and I mean that for people that I do
0: like. But it's I- the same, like holistic psychologist, has her own, you know, uh, yeah. critiques as well as being somebody who's very litigious. And you know, people that are close to her that uh, um, try and debunk what she says. You know, when she's kind of dispensing her, you know, insights into it, it's just an interesting perspective. And I think it all comes down to power, right? And I see this on a smaller scale for church congregations for, uh, you know, and for pastors and people, not all, of course, but there are, there are some that, you know, like you probably know that I, uh, I, I have not found a church where I felt feel at home anywhere but I love the sermons. I love good speakers and I love learning. Like I I think Andy Stanley of Buckhead church is one of the most gifted communicators I've ever seen, but I've sat in churches where I'm like, this guy thinks he, you know, like the anointed kind of thing of just, here's what God means from this. And it's like, really? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't I don't get it like I I don't because you read the Bible a lot and you went to seminary school I just I don't know where that line is of well that's what Pastor Dave said you know like he he's telling us to do whatever as I don't know it's just the the prophet thing the false prophet of looking for answers looking for somebody that's anointed somebody that there is a hierarchy yeah. You know, and it and I think even just the human experience, the human condition of just the you know, envy that comes up. I mean, there it is a human emotion. There's nobody that doesn't envy somebody else at some point in their life of just wanting to be further, you know? Yeah. Or more enlightened.
1: Yeah, but I I I get it. I think in in my mind I'm almost if, if someone thinks they can lead that number of people. Then that is a is a reason I that's a red flag for me personally.
0: Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so do you think somebody like Joel Osteen? Joel Osteen, are you familiar with Joel Osteen?
1: Yeah, roughly. Isn't he like a, a
0: motivational speaker slash preacher? Or? He's a pastor. Um, he is the pastor of probably one of the largest churches. It's in uh, Texas. I think it's Dallas. Uh, or Houston I can't be <laughs> I don't know um, I forget the name of the church but Joel Osteen is very very unfailingly positive positive. and you know like I used to follow like I used to listen to him and have him uh, like have his sermons put me to sleep because he was so positive positive. and it was very um, like it was feel good it was feel good and so he certainly, but he, but he broadcasts, he has a worldwide audience, you know, and just um, it, certainly a mega church pastor, um, certainly has his controversy as well. Um, and I remember um, I remember seeing an interview with him and his wife, and it was almost like watching a Stepford thing, like you want to believe that somebody is so purely good and positive, you know, like the, that whole Mr. Rogers kind of quality yeah. of somebody of just, wow, I'd love to be that positive. And I remember uh, he was on some big interview, maybe it was ABC or something or Diane Sawyer. Um, and they asked him and his wife, you know, have you ever fought? And they looked at each other, they'd been together for like 20 something years. And they're like, no, we don't fight. And I was like, <laughs> what? You know? Like, can't you just be relatable? Yeah. <laughs> like, it just was
1: so not... I want to call bull on that. Or there's something toxic about that. Like, there's I don't know. Something it doesn't just, feel right about that.
0: But also, it's like, you know, we, we want so bad for somebody to kind of be put on this pedestal. So when you have people that you know, Rudy Giuliani is somebody that people worshipped. And he was so amazing in a time of crisis and fell the fuck like, (laughs) through to hell. You know what I mean? Like he just fell down. Like we just are looking for somebody to be great all the time somebody to look up to. And it's it's just hard. It is hard. Who do you think you, um, who do you think runs the biggest risk
1: of being a, a false prophet? to you like, who do you, what do you call it? Celebrity Stan? <laughs> celebrity Stan. Who do you the most? And you run the risk of like, oh man, I probably hold
0: them a little too high. <laughs> uh, Brene Brown.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I've been, I've done that. And she helped me actually understand not to do that. <laughs> like, don't. Put her on a pedestal even. Because she seems like the most pedestal worthy. Yeah,
0: like I can't. I I I don't know where you're going. Go, (laughs) go, go more. Say more.
1: Well, I put her on a pedestal, too. And then I was like, well, it it caused me a lot of imposter syndrome of like, who am I to say? Because Brene's always saying it better. Brene already said it first, Mm. you know, so then it kind of kept me quiet for a while because I was like, you know, we already have our hero. Just go look at her. Just read her books. Go see what she has to say. So I I really kept me in a in a box like, well, you know, can't be Brene. And then I can't remember um, who said this. I think it was a childhood friend of mine's mom who I just looked to for advice every now and then. And I remember she said something about um, like the people who you worship the most should be the people you know the best. Like, so mm. take all these people off the pedestal and your heroes should really be people that you tr- you truly know are heroes. Because, you know, it's it's one skill set to be able to write well or speak well. But it's another to to know that person through and through and know that they, they've they been a very solid person in your life. So that really shifted it for me. And and I don't, I don't, I'm not that I don't follow a whole lot of people with the blue check by their name anymore. And you're so funny and- with that.
0: <laughs> I think your, uh, your philosophy on Instagram is really funny that you have a, a number of people that you will not go over to follow. What is it? <laughs> Well,
1: I think it's it's like three twenty five, um, but I sometimes go over it. Sometimes I'm less. Have you ever heard of Dunbar's number? Have you uh-uh. ever heard of this? Um, it's one hundred and eighty, and it's um, it's actually based on research about chimpanzees. But the, the where it <laughs> happens in the brain is similar to humans. But it's basically like um, you really can only truly have a community of 180 people or less and truly engage with those people. So I try to keep that. Ideally, then, my number would be 180, but, you know, I'm not truly engaging with everybody who follows it. But I do try to keep that in mind of, like, who are the 180 people that I'm investing in the most? You know? And outside of that, I'm I'm not that worried about everybody else.
0: I love, you know, I thought about the 325 or whatever, and so I'm looking at my followers are more than... The people I follow are more than my followers. And I'm like, this is just dumb. And so I, I've tried to like, you know, unsubscribe or unfollow a bunch of people. So I've gotten from like over 3000 to 2500 or something crazy. Oh, <laughs> it was over 3000. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And so I'm like trying to I'm trying to pare it down. Good. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Jeez, that's a lot of people. But I don't know how to mass unfollow. I wish there was a way. There probably is some way. But yeah, um, that would take forever. It it does. <laughs> and so I'll, and you can only unsubscribe from or unfollow a, a certain number of people at a time. Oh. So when I'm in downtime, I'm like, hmm, who can I unfollow? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good. I really oh, think you're going it'll take through forever. that.
1: But yeah, but it's worth it. And you I, I see you going through that process where you are turning more inward and, and I have a whole lot of respect for that. It's exciting.
0: For oh, 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 thanks. <laughs> so uh, how exciting is this? What do you think? I like this. You this like conversation. this format? I hope other people <laughs> like listening to it. I think everybody is going to watch the deep end after <laughs> listening Thank to this. Too. And then watch the Teal Swan uh, uh, videos, the YouTube videos that she did calling BS on on all of it. And I would love to hear what you think. I would love <laughs> to hear what you guys think too, listening. Yeah, absolutely. It would be interesting to hear what people think after watching both. I'm going to go watch the other. I think this is an interesting conversation cuz it truly does go through here's what's happening in pop culture and you're like, here's why we might need to shift it. I think it was <laughs> a perfect balance. I think so too cuz
1: there's a lot of ways that I need your help like with with knowing kind of, I get kind of out of touch as you can tell. So I really appreciate you giving me new words like celebrity (laughs) stand.
0: No problem. (laughs) I'm good at that. Well, thank you so much, Cindy Robinson until next time. Wasn't that fun? Ah, I'm so excited for the upcoming episodes and would love to hear from you. Please go to allisonhair.com for more details and hit me up. You can also support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash culture changers. See you next time.